Is this heaven? No, it's a podcast. Welcome to the Field of Geeks podcast. Welcome to Field of Geeks, episode 120. I'm Josh. I'm Mitch. And I'm Megan. So we're uh, remotely doing our part of the show today due to the weather and colds. Apologies if uh, I sound terrible. Uh, I'm trying, so um, <laughs> certainly better than I was a week ago. You know, that time of year, you know. I think we got all the snow that we uh, were owed uh, the last, what, four, three, four years. <laughs> Good Lord. And we're supposed to get more t- on Wednesday, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow and Wednesday, I think. All right. And for those who don't know, we're, we live in Iowa, Des Moines area, so... Where it's yeah. always sunny and the beaches are never not full. Yes. <laughs> right. That's a bad joke. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, at least, it, uh, you know, yeah. at least it's not frigid cold. I mean, it's, it's cold, but it's not like negative temps. Uh, unless that's coming too, I, I don't know. We got a lot to talk about, of course. We took a week off. Thought we'd talk a little bit Oscars before we get into our main topics today. For those who don't know, the Oscars will be hostless this year, first time since 1989. The people in charge, they've made some changes. Uh, earlier on in the year, they were going to introduce a popular film category, which got a lot of backlash, and they backed off of that. And I think we critiqued that on this show as well. Do you think uh, what makes a good film has anything to do with cinematography or editing? Oh, man. Um, a lot of it has to do with the story in and of itself. I think I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, James Cameron is no storyteller, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like a trick question in a way, because to me, that's what makes a film. They basically were going to present these awards during commercial breaks. That's what the the latest was. And oh. there was there was a backlash because it's like, wow, that kinda that kind of makes the film uh, the film, you know, you cinematographer is the camera operator, obviously, and editing, you know, that's uh you could film so much footage and the editor just is able to cut it down to a better presentation. So yeah, they're gonna give those awards during the commercials. There's backlash and then they changed it saying, well We'll give them still during commercials, but we'll edit their speeches and we'll air those speeches. So there was further backlash to that. And now they've totally backed off and decided, yeah, that's not a good idea at all. So they're all going to air now on live television. So a minor win, I guess you could say, for this this year's Oscars. No, I was going to say I can concur with that only because I don't. Did any of you see Revol- Revolutionary Road? At all. I mean, it's a tech flick. It's totally fine if you didn't. No. Kate Winslet, Leonardo DiCaprio. No. So a lot of that movie, um, if you saw it, I mean, what made it so great, how it was shot. I mean, there's there's dialogue, but there's not a whole lot of dialogue. Not as much as I would think you would see in a chick flick anyway. So what made that movie, like, fantastic was just how it was shot. And so when you say that, I think about that movie a lot. But right. then, like, so if they're going to cut if they're going to cut things, if they're going to cut out like speeches, like or if they're not going to do that, how long is how long is the Oscars set for? Like, what's their time slot? Is it like two hours? Well, it usually runs three hours. But the, oh, three. the funny yeah. thing is, if you don't have no if you have no host, 
then you really shouldn't have a lot cut just from that, I would think. You know, no no yeah. numbers and stuff. I don't know. It might be because there's too many award shows now. You know, the Oscars have seemed to kind of fall behind the times. And, you know, their idea for catching up is to eliminate things. And it's not really a good idea, I think. But the, the problem with the Oscars is lately is that it's become a platform to voice opinions instead of a platform to uh, showcase the best of the best. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in certain ways that's uh, maybe deterred audiences from watching. I won't add my own two personal sense to it, but I, I think in that degree, because it's become such a platform for, hey, this is horrible, let's, let's you know make sure that we all voice our opinion instead of, hey, this guy really did a phenomenal job acting in this movie. Mm-hmm. Let's all take a second to nominate him and, and appreciate what he's done. It's kind of almost lost focus, and so I think people are just kind of like, this is falling in the mix of how many different award shows do we have now? I mean, we have the Oscars, we have the SAG um, Awards. Uh, oh God, it's like there's it's, there's a lot. There's People's you Choice, and you're just like, okay, I just want to watch one where I know that this is going to be the best movie, and then you've got so many different things, and and to me, it's just like they pick the most obscure movie to nominate. I am never going to go see this movie, yeah. but you know, <laughs> totally get that. Yeah. I think it, I think it is because there's too many award shows. I think back in the day, the other awards existed, they just weren't televised. And now of course, from popularity, they've, they've gotten their, um, their due on t- television. You have that. And I think they just, I think honestly, the, there's going to be a new generation of members for the Academy coming. So you're going to probably get this old, egotistical uh, way of doing things. I think that's going to be leaving. And yeah, like I like Black Panther, but I just kind of feel like that's kind of an overcorrection in a way to nominate that. But I don't know. Like seven awards seems a tad like, oops. Well, the best picture is yeah. just kind of, to me, it's like, I think they, I think when that was successful, they announced that popular film category. And that was obviously going to be in that category. People hated that, which it is really a silly idea. And so now they're like, well, we got to recognize the film still. So let's just uh, nominate for Best Picture, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I don't know. It didn't have that dramatic like like Logan had that dramatic uh, weight to it. I mean, it was a great film. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't know. I think people running the show right now are kind of just they don't know what they're doing. And, you know, there'll be a change. Uh, there always is a change with the the presidents of the Academy and all that. So yeah, it'll be interesting with this, uh, this show this year will either be uh, refreshing or a total disaster. Uh, I mean, it got really exciting a couple years back when they thought La La Land won and it turned out to be, um, Oh gosh, what was that movie called? See, that, that was a movie nobody really even knew Well, about. I heard it was pretty good. I wish I remembered what it was called. Forgive me, everyone out there listening. But, yeah, that was very exciting, actually, when that happened because it was just a, a normal show. And then at the end, all of a sudden, it turned on a dime. And you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? Yeah, sadly, that's probably been the most exciting thing to come from the Oscars in quite some time. When they do try to do refreshing things, it, there's a lot of backlash usually. Um, some of it's been good, some some bad, you know, obviously it deserved the backlash. But yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, what the future brings for the Oscar uh, telecasts. 
And do we really need the president of the Oscars to come out and give his little, you know, five-minute speech? You know, he'll get... boring thing. Oh, it always is, and they're terrible. It's like, did these guys ever act? I mean, they just can't yeah. even deliver a damn speech, but... Uh, That's my bathroom break time. Oh, yeah. here he is. Oh, here we go. go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's just going to wax poetically about cinema or some something crazy. Yeah. But, you know, this year, I don't know. If, I don't know if I was a president. I don't think I would. I don't think I would step out because, uh, well, definitely before they decided to change back to showing all the awards, you know, they would have just got booed the whole time. And now I don't know if there's I mean, it's already going to be a running joke throughout the show. I'm sure, you know, about all the terrible things they've done this this year so i don't know i i kind of hope he doesn't come out it's gonna be uh i think they'll, maybe they'll start playing the music before he's done <laughs> just uh, be like yeah, all right well if you're so concerned about uh cutting the short the uh, show short it's time to go you know what they should do which would be really funny is if they just had like a cardboard cut out life size of kevin hart in the background <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> That's funny. It wouldn't be very big, Mitch. <laughs> yep. Or just have him just have him stroll out across the stage, look out, and just keep going. And that's that's the joke for the night. It's like and, and like the, the, the people who win just thank him for his short speech. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, it's uh yeah, it's gonna be something. I don't know how it's gonna be handled, you know. It's just ugh. I mean it's almost like should we just pull the plug this year for the live telecast, you know? It's just yeah. let's just FedEx the Oscars to everybody and call yeah. it a day. Just, uh, you know, just take over the national emergency uh, hotline text number and just, just text it to everybody's phones. Yeah. You know. Make it like American <laughs> Idol. Vote for your uh, Oscar yeah. winner. The Oscars would like to thank the following people for winning this year. Please reply <laughs> yes if you'd like to continue these messages. <laughs> just generic names. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that'll, that'll be on next Sunday, I believe, the 24th. So, oh man, that's coming right up. I'll tune in either way, but yeah, uh, it's gonna be rough, I think, a little bit. We'll see. We'll <laughs> have fun, we'll have fun poking fun at it. Really anxious to know who's gonna win the best animated category, you know, because you got, you got, we talked about this before, you got Incredibles 2 and you got Spider Man into the Spider Verse, which, you know, kind of a groundbreaking film. I don't know if you've oh, gosh. seen it, but it's well, very good. Remember, if Pixar is ever up for a nomination, it's Pixar. Yeah. Just, well, if they don't I'll get it, then this will, right this will be a big change, you know, in you know yeah. how it goes. So I I don't know. I mean, I, I liked Incredibles too. I just um, kind of groundbreaking, fresh. Incredibles is more like a return to. So yeah, uh, yeah we'll see. Uh, that's kind of that's a category I'm really fascinated on. Uh, who's going to take it? So maybe it'll be get tied. I don't know. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. So, getting on with the show, we're going to be talking Aladdin trailer, Marvel, Netflix, Hulu, Coming to America 2, Shaft 2019, and of course, any recommendations for our listeners. Let's get into Genie Gate, referring to the Aladdin trailer. Came out a week ago. I, you know, I was half asleep when I watched it. And, you know, I know that a lot of people were upset. It was featured in Entertainment Weekly, the cast. Uh, they were mainly just upset about Will Smith looking like Will Smith, pretty much. 
And so this trailer came out last week, and uh, you know, I I was half asleep when I watched it. Wait a second. Wait a... So Will Smith is not supposed to look like Will Smith. <laughs> this is what these people are upset about. It's no, it's because oh, okay. they first were upset that because he's playing Genie, and we know uh, Genie to be yeah. blue, and in the in these these photos, it just looked like Will Smith. Yeah. So this trailer finally gave us the blue genie and you think that would make people happy, but then it got ripped apart for, I don't think um, any good reason, honestly. Okay. So here's what I've been able to uh, find out. So at first they ripped on Will Smith because he did an entertainment weekly uh, magazine cover where he wasn't in his classically blue shape as the genie. Right. Uh, he was just his regular skin tone. So then uh, they finally released the trailer, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically Will Smith's head on a different body. Mm-hmm. So now he looks ripped where you don't even need to, like, replace his head and just use his own body. And then you kind of get this feeling like, you know, Robin Williams put so much into this character. For those who are, like, really into the, the whole Aladdin thing, uh, he – had lived, I think, probably, what, 95% of his lines in that movie and was even up for a best song, but they couldn't give it to him because he actually wrote that. Somebody else didn't write it for him. He just wrote it off the top of his head when he was doing his stuff. Oh, so, sure. you know, there's there's so much love for Rob Williams that people feel like, why are you doing this, Disney? This is... Here's the thing. So Beauty and the Beast was, like, one of my favorite animated films. And I watched a lot of Aladdin growing up, too. Like, I'd say that's, like, definitely a a close second. But, like, when you take an animated film and then you you make an adaption of that, and you can agree to disagree, but I I feel like they're always going to fail in some aspect because it's not animated. So it's not 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 the original truest form in which we saw it as. Right. So, I mean, I'm not completely butthurt about it. And I did see the trailer. And you know what? It looks... Based off of what I saw, um, I think it looks really good. And I do, too. And I think that we need to give Will Smith the opportunity to to do – I mean, he's funny. And at least the little bit that I saw, I thought it was funny. So I think we yeah. need to not focus on Robin Williams. Yes, he did a great job. I just think we need to accept it as its own thing, just like we had to with all the others, Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. Cinderella. Right. We, we've got to take it as its own. And I, I think his personality is so – you know, it's so big is just like Robin Williams was. Uh, I think he'll definitely be able to make it his own. And I think most of the, the, the backlash is just the, the genie look. And I'm thinking like, you mean you don't, the blue genie doesn't look real because it's not real. <laughs> I just kind of get, you know, it's just kind of silly to me. It's like, well, I thought Emma Watson was a terrible singer in Beauty and the Beast. I thought it didn't do it justice mm-hmm. at all. I right. thought she was. I thought it was bad, but I still, I still like it. Right. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't. And it's still early on. They can. I see a few maybe CG elements they could they could tweak, but they're still in post production. It's it's fine, and I think. You know, just the look of the trailer, if you're not a Guy Ritchie fan, which I am, but I could never picture him directing this film just because I know his style. But just given the the teaser, like it's very colorful. It doesn't look like a Guy Ritchie film to me. So I think that's more of a a, a, a relief. You know, uh, the genie mm-hmm. thing to me, like honestly, I, I thought it looked fine when I first saw it. I didn't I just didn't understand the backlash. It's like it's a blue genie people bigger than life and how else can you i don't know how else you could make it 
acceptable, you know? It's not a real thing. So, and I, I get it. They're still tweaking the CG, but it did it did make me wonder, though, um, fantasizing, of course, you know, not to bring it back to Robin Williams, but had he lived, do you think they would have cast him as the genie in live action? Just because... I was just about to yeah, ask that, and yeah. I... I would I say 100% so. yes. You think so? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's here's my only reason to say yes, though. Um, the new Lion King trailer that just dropped. Yep. Um, Simba's dad is was voiced by James Earl, James Jones. Earl Jones. Yep. And he's back as the dad again because he was such a monumental piece to that movie. Right. Just like Aladdin. Like. That's that's my only thing to go off of it. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, maybe not. Who knows? I, who knows if Robin Williams would have done it again? I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they probably would have cast him as well. You know, especially with what they can do with CG and yeah, it's just fantasizing. You know, I think they would have cast him, but you know, I'm okay with Will Smith. I think he's gonna do it, do it justice. And yeah, I just don't get this whole. People are just upset about everything. They were they were mad that he wasn't blue to start with, and it's like here he is, he's blue. Oh my God, this looks so yeah. bad. It's like, it's this a blue genie. <laughs> yeah. All those same people who are criticizing him are still going to go and see the movie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they're going to go and they're going to rip it to shreds again. But I'm, I'm excited. I think just with that small amount that they gave us, I mean, I got goosebumps. I was excited about it. Like, yeah, I get to relive my childhood. Yeah, I think I it looks beautiful. The film is just bright with color, location. It's just, I think it looks like a big epic film. And that's what you want out of a, a Disney movie, I think. And yeah. I didn't get to see like the other two actors and like what they've been in and like if, if they're going to be decent on screen. Did any of you look into that at all? I don't know the names, but I know the girl playing Jasmine. She played the Pink Ranger in the Power Ranger reboot film. And that, that's actually a good film. And she did a good job. So I think she's going to. You know, they, they've actually done a good job casting accordingly. They're not, you know, whitewashing the production here of, you know, uh, they couldn't cast like the original dude who played Aladdin. Obviously, he's uh, he, he was the dude on Full House. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. Um, but Gilbert Godfrey, you know, he was the parrot's voice. So I oh, I wonder if he would return if the parrot. Well, see, cool. that's the thing. Will the parrot even talk? I don't know. Ah, see, that's... When uh, we had this, uh, you know, when Beauty and the Beast came out, was coming out, I was really nervous about how they were going to handle the the silverware and stuff, how it, how mm-hmm. they talked. and But that, they did such a great job. But I don't recall if there's any animals in there other than the beast that could talk. So I think, well, I don't know, you kind of get you gotta get in that corner where it's like, well, the parrot talked in the cartoon, so will it talk in the live action? You know how you got you got the flying carpet in the preview though, so you got that going for you. Yeah, we'll see. And... We'll see. It looks it looks good. So I yeah I don't I just don't get it. But yeah, um, I think we're pretty much all on the same page there. I think most people are. You know, I think a lot of this is just like a little small portion of people are just upset about everything. You know, so no publicity is as bad publicity as they yeah. say. It's just. You know, that's true. Once the movie does come out, if it's good, it's decent, mm-hmm. people will go, and then they'll right. be basically bashing the people who made such terrible compl- or comments about mm-hmm. Will Smith. So Yeah, yeah. They probably won't. 
he probably won't win them over too much. I mean, but it's it's like the same thing that we kind of did with uh, with Suicide Squad. Remember, we were just like, oh, this is Will Smith's movie because mm-hmm. Will Smith is larger than life and a lot of stuff that he does. But it, it didn't seem like it in the movie. I mean, yeah, I think Margot Robbie basically took that away from him. So. Yeah, and I, it felt to me it felt like Will Smith from the '90s, and which I liked. I actually did like his performance in that film. So I, I think um, yeah. I'm totally, yeah, I'm totally uh, welcome to uh, him playing the genie. You know, um, I think that'll be. I don't know who else you could even cast. You know, Ricky Gervais. I don't know. Um, oh God, that'd be funny, <laughs> but it'd just be nothing but just it'd be terrible comments. You know, yeah. it'd be just. Yeah. backhanded comments and stuff right although it would be funny yeah, i know it would be interesting <laughs> it'd be like rated r yeah but uh <laughs> moving on to uh marvel netflix hulu of course we just got word today punisher and jessica jones have now been canceled which <sighs> not a shock though i mean it sucks but at least we kind of knew it was coming or could come and it doesn't hit as hard but you know it still sucks i have not seen punisher season two or Jessica Jones season two. Um, of course, you know, Netflix have canceled all their other Marvel shows, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and the Defenders. Uh, Disney Plus streaming service is ramping up. So basically Netflix doesn't want to, you know, pay for these properties anymore because, you know, they're not going to get as much out of them as they were. So I did read, though, Hulu, their vice president, at a pre- on a press tour, he was asked about, you know, all these Marvel shows and he said, uh, Marvel has a ton of titles we're interested in. It's kind of kind of depends on when they're ready and who, um, most importantly, is going to be behind these things. Uh, there's a slim chance maybe Hulu could uh, revive these shows. There's a lot of rumors about contracts, basically prohibiting the use of these characters for two years, along with the actors, of course, playing the characters. So yeah, either way we're gonna we're gonna be waiting for some time, sadly. You know, do you think they'll start it on Disney Plus eventually? Uh you think they should be recast or shouldn't be? Ooh, uh, Megan, I'll let you take this one first. I gotta formulate an idea. <laughs> you have an idea, is that what you said? Well, I'll let you take this one first. I uh I've got a couple things I'm thinking of. He's gotta collect um... himself. It's tough. It's bad news. <laughs> you know? Is it, though? I mean, I... Well, if, you're, if you've seen the shows and you're into them, of course. I have. So. I did attempt to watch Jessica Jones. Um, did I say that right? Yeah. She, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't... Um, well, needless to say, I couldn't get into it, so I didn't watch a whole... It's a slow burn. Movie. Yeah. It is. I don't... You know, I can't, I can't really provide feedback on this because I... I don't watch them for the sole fact that I don't want to get burnt out um, because there's just so much. There is, there's, yeah. There's just so much going on with both universes that mm-hmm. there's just shows and movies and then more movies and then more spinoffs. And I just, I'm, I don't. There's an oversaturation, yeah. It's, uh... Yes, it's just, that's what's hot right now. And so everybody's putting their hands in the cookie jar and I'm just over it. Right. Streaming services, yeah, all care. that stuff. Let yeah. it yeah. go. Yeah. They can go. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, here's the thing. If if Hulu takes it on, then what does that say about Netflix? Um, are they in trouble monetarily-wise? Was this a move by Disney because Disney Plus is coming and they did it prematurely? You know, there's there's a couple questions that I have. Why would Hulu be interested in this if Disney has no plans 
in the immediate future to take these projects back on. Um, I think there was a lot of draw with the Punisher as well as Daredevil. Um, Jessica Jones, like Megan said, I could never get into the show. It just it was too slow for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there was a following, but I don't understand why. But that's just me. You know, there's there's too many things going on here, and I'd like to know what the true story is because if Hulu buys it and they take it on. Then was Disney ever intending to take on these projects, or is Netflix hurting monetarily-wise and they had to ditch some stuff? Um, Because it seems like, in hindsight, it was, okay, yeah, it's a Disney thing. That's why they're doing it. But, you know, every day you hear about Netflix raising prices here or there. You also Mm -hmm. hear about the fact that they're in X amount of debt, but then they're still pushing out new stuff. I I don't know what to think here. I, I really don't. I think they gave it. I think they gave them up because it was just going to be too expensive. I think, I don't know. I would imagine they're doing good just because they have the most original content. Most of it, right. most of it's very popular. Uh, in fact, uh, Roma, I believe that's the film that's on there. Uh, it's actually an Oscar contender, so that's that's huge for a streaming yeah, service oh, yeah. to uh, put out a movie like that. Yeah, it's very interesting. It must be just outrageously expensive. Of course, we don't have the numbers of viewers, so maybe the viewership has gone down. That's what I've read here and there. Uh, yeah, but that seems like a cheap way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an excuse that they always use. Well, you know, well, there wasn't enough viewership. If that's the case, then maybe they, they should just they should have just done like movies, you know, like uh, right. no shows, just do uh, maybe a movie or two a year. Um, or you know whatever. I mean, we've, I think we've gotten enough t- of character development on these shows that you could easily just make a movie and you don't have to really, you know, go into all the origins of things. That's what's gonna suck though if they land on Disney just because you know if that contract thing's true, we got to wait two years either way. Disney's probably gonna want it by then uh, over right. over allowing Hulu um, to have it. I can't um, imagine that there'll be a world without Netflix. Not at least yet, because there's just not enough streaming services up for, um, well, I guess there's Amazon Prime, but even that, like, I don't know very many people who who use that mm-hmm. yet. But and I Netflix. Wonder, no, I go ahead, sorry. Maybe they're moving more towards, they want, so if everybody else is going to, Disney's going to do it, and Hulu's starting to come out with the original content, maybe they really are just moving their focus to, we're just going to start making our own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to spend, you know, millions upon billions of dollars on buyouts of series from other companies. Like, who knows how much they're actually spending on that? I'm sure the numbers are somewhere, but yeah, yeah, I agree 100% with that. It seems like Netflix will become the original content creator, and then you're going to have Hulu, which is basically your DVR. Uh, Prime is going to be, you know, movies you want to see but you don't want to actually buy. Um, and then you know you got HBO Go, and then and then now you have Directv as an app. You have uh, Sling, which is basically Dish, which is an app because both of those companies are uh, are just losing money left and right because everybody's jumped on the bandwagon of hey, I really don't need a Dish anymore. I can mm-hmm. I can stream all this stuff. And so what's happening is is that these these one off places are starting to take back their stuff. And and uh, I think we're going to see basically like what everybody used to do. They they cut cable so that they reduce the rate. But now there's going to be so many fragmented places that you're you're paying for as much as what you did cable wise. Eventually, that, yeah. 
you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, we have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, HBO Go. I'm thinking about getting Sling. And then, you know, if ESPN ever gets on, on board with actually playing Monday Night Football, well, mm-hmm. I take that back. If I get Sling, then I don't even have to worry about that. So, you know, on top of that with internet speeds and prices, I'm probably yeah. playing close to what I would be if I got the introductory price over direct TV. <laughs> I think I think we'll have a big internet service boom, you know. Yeah, and more I think, providers. I think we may see a day where uh internet is just standard. There everybody has the internet and nobody yeah. has to pay for it. That'd be nice. Of our taxes, right? That'd be yeah. lovely. Yeah. Let's yeah. do that. But yeah, uh, overall Disney owns pretty much everything, so you know, they would have everything looped into their streaming service i would imagine so might help you know to have that so you could you could pretty much get everything except you know they could also monopolize it and raise the price so right or, or fragment it like what yeah uh, what they do you know oh if you want just for kids only it's this price but if mm-hmm. you want this then it's that price you know well you know i'll just do what i did with cable if it gets that crazy it's like i'll just walk away i have no problem doing that you know luckily i'm not a huge sports fan but if i was i could probably go to a bar or something and i don't know if it'll get that bad i hope not uh, i really do like right. i do like these streaming services because you you don't get a lot of junk that's forced down your throat you know with a uh, cable in my opinion right but yeah it you know it'll be interesting to see what uh future holds for these uh netflix marvel shows we'll see if disney plus uh revives them and hopefully i just don't want them to recast i think that would be huge mistake unless you're going to honor the story that was set and just keep going with a new cast i I don't know yeah start over again would just be dumb in my opinion there's just been so much uh you know built up already especially with daredevil it's just like it, it got so good before it was canceled it really sucks but we'll see what happens but Better news? Well, I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if it's better news. You guys, I take it, are coming to America fans? Um, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's iconic. I uh, saw it on the uh, piece of paper, and I said, "What's this?" You've <laughs> never seen Coming to America? <laughs> no, I didn't. Like what? You've... No. Mm. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh! What? You have to see that movie. It's like. It's what is it about? Movie. The only thing that's coming to mind is um, the animated movie with like all the little. Uh, what is that called? Oh, oh you're talking about. Uh... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, a, yeah. it's like the mouse coming to America or whatever with Fifel. Yeah. No, it was the. It's the. Um, God, why is the only part that I can think of is when he was like vomiting over everything? Oh, Team America? <laughs> yes, that's the only movie. That's the only thing that I. <laughs> Little different, little different. I don't know. <laughs> Coming to America. <laughs> no, uh, May- Megan, you you have to see this film. This film's iconic. It's got every. It's got so many cool things in it. It's uh, Eddie Murphy's playing a variety of characters, and this is at his height. It wasn't like, you know, oh, these are just desperate decisions he's making but he played these really cool eccentric characters oh, oh wait, wait 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 that's not that's not the guy where they come from africa right right or yes. that yep. that is oh mm-hmm. yeah i know exactly what you're talking about do you okay. Arsenio okay. thank god yeah, what's 
classic. It's yeah, I grew up with watching that. Okay, I follow you. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like on the way, way other side of the spectrum from Team America, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. But you know, after 1988, when the original came out, we're we're getting a sequel, guys. Um, it's supposed to do be due out uh, summer 2020. So, will Arsenio be back? I hope so. That's that's the big question. Like cast, like are you gonna bring everyone back? You you have to. Uh, most of them are still alive, so you know and they're not working really. So they'd probably be cheap. <laughs> you know, yeah. so bring them on back. Yeah. Um, of course, John Landis, who directed the original. He will not be directing this one. Uh, Craig Brewer is going to direct it. He he directed Hustle and Flow, The Legend of Tarzan, Black Snake oh. Moan, and he did the Footloose 2011 film. Okay. So I don't ugh, it kind of worries me a little bit. I don't know how the uh, humor is going to be, you know, uh, well, compared Black to the Snake first Moan one. Was a good movie though. What's that? Black Snake Moan was a good movie. I have not seen that. I I've seen the Footloose one. Legend of Tarzan, I kind of got bored with, but that wasn't a, that was more of an action, you know? Um, yeah. It'll be interesting. And also the original has so many people who, Samuel L. Jackson was in the original. You know, he was a nobody then. So there was a lot of nobodies in that cast and that became huge afterwards. So it's really, it's really fun to go back and see that film and just, you know, of course it starred uh, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones. What was unique about coming to America is it actually was uh, in a movie verse of its own. Uh, Trading Places that came out in '83, they exist mm-hmm. in the same universe. And there's, you know, there's a scene in Coming to America where they give money to these two poor guys, and it's these old dudes from Trading Places. And I didn't understand it. See, I saw Coming to America before Trading Places, and I never understood that scene. Like, why are they focusing on these two guys? And then I saw Trading Places, then revisited Coming to America, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. You know, it was just kind mm-hmm. of a – it was mostly just a director, They same director. They just – I think they had fun with it, you know. But I don't know if they'll ever um, go back to that, you know, tease some more characters or not. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Are you guys excited about this film? I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, uh, it's too early to really tell how it's going to be, I gotta, but I, gotta I need to go. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, I hope they, the barbers are probably too old to come back, but of course they were played by Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, and you had uh, Randy Watson, Sexual Chocolate, had that band <laughs> Sexual Chocolate. Go back and He's got to come back. Ones. Oh, yeah. I still find it funny. Oh God, it's so funny. Uh, Reverend Brown and then the ugly girl. That's who uh, uh, Hall played. Uh, the Barbers are probably long gone, but maybe they'll do the Sons of the Barbers or something. I, it just—it's gonna be. I'm excited to see Eddie Murphy in those characters again. I—if they don't do that, that's just gonna be. I don't know why you'd make a film, honestly. Other here's, than here's the question: Are we gonna get good Eddie Murphy, or are we gonna get nowadays Eddie Murphy? I don't know. That's where I'm concerned. He, I think he's still funny. I, I don't know what his deal is, but he's just he's just afraid to go there, it seems. And uh, Tower Heist was the last big film I think he was in, and I thought he did pretty good in that. Um, yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, I think he could deliver. I don't know. I think I think he's just putting so much pressure on it, but this has got a release date, so it's happening. So he's, um, yeah. I don't know. He might want to do a good film before he... You know, 
checks out. I yeah. mean, he's. I mean, he needs still got time, but we'll see well, what if happens. He could revitalize his career. That would be amazing. Oh, it would. I mean, that's what Nutty Professor did. Nutty Professor did that, yeah. and he played a couple of characters in that. So right. yeah, uh, you know, I there's rumor of the what the movie's going to be about. I'm kind of like not really thrilled about it, but uh, basically. Akeem learns he has a long lost son in America and he travels back to him. So I'm thinking he must not be married still. And he went back to America and had some dates or so like, how would he have a son? He didn't even, he just dated some, you know, he went on those first dates. That's all we saw. So I don't know how he would father a child. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. If they're going to actually, Bring in his his personal life, yeah. I guess they could do that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of it, it's it's ironic. It, just to say off what she what Megan's saying, it's just ironic that he's got like what sixteen kids or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> Maybe fictitious, yep. but if that's the case, it would kind of be funny that art imitates life. He doesn't even acknowledge, from what I understand, if we want to get into like mainstream media here, the what's a scary spice? Like he doesn't acknowledge that child at all. Oh. I guess she raises it. Yeah, I guess she like raises it. On her own, it was like a, it was in like People magazine. I'm gonna go back and fact check. It's gonna be fine. But as far as I know, like, like he didn't want to be a baby daddy. I guess I don't know. Boycott this movie. <laughs> like how we we don't even assign a gender to the baby. It's just yeah, she raises it. <laughs> I can't remember if it's a boy or a girl. I'll look right now. <laughs> You're fine. Twins. Whatever it's doing, it's doing a good job. Yeah, there you there you go. <laughs> Well, they'll, they'll be more developing with this film, of course. So we'll right, see what right. happens. It's a lot to live up to, the first one. So it'll be something. It's a girl. It's a girl. Oh, it's a girl. Okay. It's a girl. Yeah. Congrats, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> what girl? And oh, okay. Never mind. All I typed in was Spice or Scary Spice Baby with Eddie. And the first thing that popped the up girl. is Eddie Murphy doesn't care about daughter with Mel B. <laughs> Dang. That's <laughs> probably because he bought a whole bunch of It's a Boys. And then uh, found out that it's a girl. So, well, Eddie, if you want to set the record straight, I know you're listening. uh, Come on the show, and uh, we'll have Megan grill you with questions. (laughs) So that would be fun. Yes. Yes. We'll have to promote that. So, getting on our last topic for the show, uh, Shaft 2019 trailer came out. I don't know if you guys. All right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you guys know much about Shaft. Uh, you. I'm sorry. Not that Shaft, Mitch. I muted myself. <laughs> well, can I just get out of the way with uh, a whole bunch of little kid jokes that I've been like holding in because I know we were going to talk about this. I know it's one of those things. It's just like, yeah, you can go like totally kid on this. Oh yeah. But, okay, I'm just. I'm just going to say one thing, and then I'll leave it alone, and I'll be an adult for the rest of the time. Is that okay? Sure. (laughs) No. Proceed. So so when you're watching the preview, you get three generations of Shaft, and it's great. (laughs) You know what, though? I think it's totally okay to make fun of that because they make fun of it in the preview of the movie anyway, or the trailer that I saw. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the original film, you know, back in 71, that was kind of, I think that was kind of the shtick, you know. Yeah, you know why we named it this and 
all that. Well, and it's it's perfect for adult uh, for an adult movie because you don't even have to change the name of the movie. It's just Shaft. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's a bad mother. <laughs> you change the actor, but you get the same movie. Yeah, this is the uh, fifth film in the franchise. Believe it or not, the, you've had holy crap. Yeah, really? you've had uh, Shaft in seventy one, Shaft's Big Score seventy two, Shaft in Africa seventy three, and then Shaft two thousand with uh, Samuel L. Jackson, and that was. That was 19 years ago. Isn't that crazy? I still wow. remember. I still remember seeing that in the theater, and it was, it was a pretty good film. Christian Bale is the bad guy in it. Uh, there's a lot of big actors in it. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I did watch the preview before we did this today, and I'm pretty excited for it. But that's I, that's not what I was originally going to say. But I'm going to say it. Like that. <laughs> I, I was going to say that I never saw the original Shaft, but I'm excited for the new one. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> get get your Shaft on. Go go watch the laughed, other films. I laughed quite a bit. It, there sounds like there's quite a bit of one-liners in there, and that's great. Yeah. Um. So I I feel like it's right up my alley. I'm definitely gonna go and and see it for sure. This is um probably the most uh, humorous one. I think that's the take on it. You know, the Shaft 2000. Uh, there was humor, but there was is very dramatic too, violent. I guess. So I don't. It'll be interesting to see if they. If, how much is that, you know, in, in the final film? So that um, was a more serious shaft is what you're saying? Yes. Very serious, yes. <laughs> I guess, I don't know how serious you can make a shaft movie, but it happens. Pretty seriously, yeah. <laughs> it's no laughing matter. <laughs> it's a, the straight shaft. Despite how long the film is. <laughs> I don't know if you saw like in the trailer, but I don't. Is it his ex-wife and like she walks yes. up? Yes, that was good. Like, Hello, chlamydia. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. So we went that was that was good. Yeah, I I really uh I've watched the trailer so many times. Good. I think it's really um it took me by surprise. Like I, I'm a I'm a fan of the franchise, you know, and uh, I was excited to see uh, Sam Jackson come back and Richard Roundtree, of course, is in it. He's the original. And yeah, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. What's what? But what's what's um? This is a confusing part to me, and maybe they've redconned this. So in Jackson's Shaft film, he's the nephew to Richard Roundtree's Shaft. In this one, Sam Jackson's son calls Sam Jackson's uncle Grandpa. So I'm like, either they made him, they made Jackson and Roundtree father and son. Or Jackson's shaft slept with his cousin. That's weird. Yeah, so I don't know if they'll really. I don't know. I don't know what how they'll handle that, or if it'll just be like, yeah, you could quote us, but we're just having fun. So I don't know. The mythos of shaft. Yes. Yes. <laughs> got some gray shaft, some young shaft, middle aged shaft. <laughs> They look like uh, they look like Santa Clauses in those coats. Not terrible, but I was just like, "Whoa, red coat! That's interesting." All of them. Maybe we could get those for the the team here. We could wear those around town. Yeah. I just I hope they make fun of like Grandpa Shaft. It would just be funny, like you know, stand up straight. <laughs> you know, oh funny. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's that there's that scene where he's like, you know, just like in uh, Friday when. Uh, Ice Cube's dad telling me, like, back in the day, you know, we solved things with our hands. And then you had that scene where the guy with the knife, and uh, he's like, oh, let me get mine. He just shoots him out the window. 
And Jackson's like, oh, you knife fighting again? Like, oh, oh no, I shot him. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It looks really fun. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine 19 years later we get another uh, movie. And let alone, like I just said, uh, Sam Jackson's 70 years old. That's just insane. He doesn't look it. It's crazy. So, no. I dig it. <laughs> so... Of course, you know, uh, the Isaac Hayes song, the classic theme to this, it's still relevant and it's it's present in the trailer. That's that's such a oh, great good. theme. Oh, yeah. It's such a great theme. Because I only watched the trailer once, so I, I didn't pick up on everything, so I'm glad to hear it. Starts right away, the theme. Yeah, yeah, the theme's in there right away. So Good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You guys probably haven't seen any of the previous films, have you? No. I haven't, no. No. Yeah, well, when I watched the 2001, I actually bought the other ones, and I've I've only watched two of them, but it was actually a TV sh- uh, show as well. There's right. a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, ma- uh, material out there for it. You know, those older ones are campy, right? Uh, a little bit. They're they're you know, it, it was the times. Can we do a riff track on that? I mean, I know that we're getting off subject a little bit, but can we do a riff track on Shaft? Possibly, yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. You know, filmmaking's changed. It's kind of slow, you know, but mm-hmm. I really, uh, I really like it. I think it's still kind of, uh, it's not terribly, you know, poke fun at. I mean, there's some stuff that's ridiculous, but yeah, that might be something we could, we could entertain. Sure. Okay. Definitely. But <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, I think we're all digging the shaft, right? <laughs> I'm totally digging it. 2019, right? <laughs> you bet. Awesome. <laughs> Well, guys, that's uh, that's all I have. You guys have any recommendations for the listeners? I do. Go for I it. Do. Okay, so uh, speaking of Netflix and original content, I recently stumbled across Velvet Buzzsaw. I don't oh, know I want to see that. It. Yeah, so it's got Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, it's got Natalie, uh, I think it's pronounced Dreyer, and then Dyer maybe? I don't know. And then, um, of course, John Malkovich. And then it's just an incredible incredible cast. But I watched it, and I couldn't stop watching it. So it's kind of like a weird, like Jake Gyllenhaal plays this, like, um, art critic. And this girl that he really likes, who I cannot remember the name of, of her. um can't remember her real name, but I think she plays Josephina. She stumbles across this artwork, and this artwork is, like, demonic in a sense. And so, like, anybody who has it within their possession ends up dying, essentially. Wow. So it's a really really cool—I don't want to call it horror, but maybe it's, like—I don't know what what a good, like, retro— Suspense or— yeah, not really good suspense. It's not like bird box suspense where you're just like, what's going to happen? <laughs> um, it's just it's just interesting. Uh, sure. So if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's something that I couldn't stop watching. And I really like Jake Gyllenhaal. And I really like that he picks up these mm-hmm. type of movies. You know, he doesn't he doesn't try to do stuff that's popular, but he can really take an independent yeah. film. Not saying that this is what this is by any means because it's a Netflix original and just really make it something. And man, can he just play a variety of characters. Like, I didn't realize that. But if I go back and look at it, like, he's really diverse in what oh, he can play. Oh, yeah. He's a really good actor, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's all over the place. So, yeah, I don't think he shies away too much from projects, you know, even if they're not, like, huge success projects box office-wise, you know. Yeah, like, I wish more actors would do that. He's like Tom Cruise without the weirdness, maybe you could say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, right. yeah. He he is good. I do want to see that film. It, it looks really good, and uh, 
yeah, of course, the whole cast looks amazing. But, yeah, I'll have to put that on my list. There's a lot of things on Netflix. Uh, what about you, Mitch? Um, I, I can't remember. Did we go over this uh, already in a previous uh, podcast? But the, the We Shall Not Grow Old no, we did um, not. Documentary from Peter Jackson. Um, I went to see that uh, about two weeks ago now, I believe, and uh, just amazing the amount of work that they did. I guess uh, the uh, military from or the the Royal Army, I guess you could say, from England uh, had tapped Peter Jackson to do something significant with the old film footage that they had, um, albeit in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was a World War One, uh, basically documentary, and you know, there's I don't think, except for maybe a handful of people left um, from World War Two are alive, and he, because, and I'll just I'll try to go as quickly as possible without spilling as much. They take the film footage and they realize at first uh, these these old cameras that they were using were hand cranked, so you'd have some footage that would be faster than others. And it would make it look really fast, like they were running, but they weren't. And mm-hmm. then they'd have some that were really slow. So then they, they basically had to match up the filming speed um, for each reel that they had. And then they went in and digitally colorized everything. Wow. Um, and uh, like the first maybe quarter of the movie is all in black and white, but it's it's in that footage speed that would be normal for everybody nowadays to see. And then they add color to it, and it just dramatically changes everything because if you – I don't know how many, because uh, this has been a thing now for a little while, but people take old black mm-hmm. and white photos from turn of the century, 18, and just colorize them, and it'll look like something that was captured today, mm-hmm. but in the clothing of that time period. So it's it's amazing uh, what he did with it. Uh, they used, instead of having actors come in and tell the stories of, of the people that were in these battles, uh, they used actual voiceover work from the interviews of the people that were still alive from World War One at that time. So some of it's, you know, wow. from the seventies or eighties. Sure. Um so the 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 audio isn't the best, but it tells the story of, of what was going on during that time. And it's just amazing. Sounds um, like and then afterwards they show how they did all that film footage and that blew me away. So I know Peter Jackson hasn't been in the spotlight as much lately, but, you know, he's been working on this project for over four years, and uh, they've really done some great things with it. So if you have a moment, I, I don't think it's going to be in theaters for much longer. If it, if it is still, go see it or rent it or buy it. I mean, it's it's well worth the, the two hours that you'll spend just watching it. It looks amazing. And, yeah, I've got a got a grandfather in his 80s so uh i think i'd like to take him to it before it leaves the theater yeah it really looks i think they make it more relevant for today's moviegoers you know because of the colorization Mm -hmm. it looks really damn good what they did so i'm really excited to see that um is it is it a very long film or just does it feel Uh, like it's long film it doesn't feel like it's long because i mean they keep the pace going pretty good sure It's, it's basically kind of a a story of okay so you've enlisted this is the reasons why these people enlisted like my friend enlisted so i did and then they go through the enlisting process where you got your your bdus and then you went through basic and then you went through the war portion and then you went at the end of the war you know you went back to civilian life so it's kind of like a just a storyline of 
entry. I mean, it's just, it goes full circle. Sure. And and one of the the crazy parts was they basically uh, England only gave them one uniform, two shirts, Jeez. and I think just a, a like underwear and stuff like that. Damn. But then they had to wear that the entire time that they were in the war so they really didn't get a change of of clothes then at the end when they were all said and done uh they had to give all their clothes back mind you (laughs) and they had like five mannequins they said with like that were dressed up to that era's you know style i Mm -hmm. guess you could say and you pointed at it and there was a tailor there they they fit you and that was your suit and kind of like okay you got paid during the war but that was your suit and kind of your last thank you for participating in the war. And then they kicked you out and you were done. Wow. So it wasn't, it was just kind of like a lackluster. Yeah. So I put my life on the line just for a nice tailored suit at the end. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I know there's more to it, but it, it kind of made you feel that way a little yeah. bit. Yeah. No, I get it. It kind of felt bad. For sure. Well, that's, that's good. They have a, this film gives those people voice, you know, that's, uh, hasn't been heard for a very long time or ever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah right. definitely. Uh, I'll definitely check that out. And of course, the um, what was the other film? Megan uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. Is that what it was? Yeah, Velvet Buzzsaw. Mm-hmm. Check that out too. I really don't have anything to recommend at the time. I've kind of just been relaxing. So I guess you know, if you're uh, if you're sick, have some tea. I recommend that. That's pretty good. Um, some Earl Grey. <laughs> being patient zero, you know. There's, yes. There's a lot of a lot of stuff you have to do right so right yeah feeling better man oh yeah uh, i'm i'm getting there yeah hopefully uh by the time we re- we do uh 121 i'll i'll be singing and dancing we'll see <laughs> by the time you reach 21 what's that <laughs> did you just say by the time you reach 21 you'll be singing and dancing or did i hear that wrong no 121 episode oh. 121 <laughs> No, you, what you don't understand is that uh, Josh was born on a leap year, so he's like really <laughs> yeah. years old. Yeah, I get the drink finally. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> My wife doesn't have to go to jail for uh, married to a minor. It's okay, guys. Leap year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Forgiven, forgiven. Okay, good, good, good. I like that. Well... <laughs> Well, with uh, all that said, uh, we'll be back next week. I'm Josh. I'm Mitch. And I'm Megan. Take care.